You're listening to the West Side Podcast, a part of the LA International Church of Christ family of churches, worshiping God in LA since 1989. Amen, church. And now we have a real treat ahead of us. This is Kenzie Bashara. We all know and love him. He is a senior, a graduating senior at Culver City High, and he's been accepted to and is going next year to Pepperdine AO Waves. So um, we really love you, brother. You've been a great friend to many of us and a great example to so many of our young people, and we're just thrilled to have you preach to us today. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, it was, it's a little high. Uh, yeah, that works. Thank you. Hello, everybody. Happy Mother's Day. Uh, it's a crazy day, huh? Um, Mother's Day... Uh, without a doubt to me is like one of the most important days of the year uh, just because of what it stands for just because of our moms here my name is Kenzie Bashara uh, if you guys don't know me like Todd said I'll be uh, attending Pepperdine University uh, for the next four years so I apologize in advance um, to anybody who didn't know that because now you have to spend four more years in the same city as me I'm so sorry uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah it's great to see you all um, shout out to all the moms in here uh, like I said, we're celebrating an extremely important day. Um, I firmly believe that mothers may be the most important people in the world. Or at least they're up there, right? Can we agree on that? Yeah. yeah. Um, and especially for me, without a doubt, my mother uh, was one of the most influential people in my life. She's amazing. She's right there. She's beautiful. Uh, love you, Mom. Um, and uh, you're amazing, like I said, and there's no way that I could ever, 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 ever pay you back or even come close to it for everything that you've given to me. But I just want to let you know that I'm grateful and uh, I love you. So I think I speak on behalf of everyone in this room with regards to how we feel about our moms. Um, something that I want to share about, uh, with, there was an incident with my mom and I, and I have zero recollection of it. I was actually an infant at the time, but uh, I've heard about this story over and over and over again, so I don't know how accurate it is for all, for all I know, someone might have lied to me and this never actually happened. But um, I have heard this story over and over and it's a pretty traumatic story and I apologize for sharing it on Mother's Day, Mom, but we just don't go ahead. Um, <laughs> so um, my family, I'm, a, I'm an infant at the time, probably like a few months old. We're living in Dubai. All right, so we're living in an apartment in Dubai, and apparently, again, I have zero recollection, so who knows. But apparently, um, we have this tile staircase, all right? And uh, so I'm an infant, so my little legs aren't working yet, so my mom's carrying me up the staircase, and my older sister apparently had left her lunchbox at the top of the stairs. So we can imagine how this one's going to go. My mom slips on the lunchbox. I go flying. <laughs> I wish I had this on video. Uh, I go flying. I uh, Apparently, I hit the back of my head. Uh, and keep in mind, I'm only like a few months old at the time. I hit the back of my head. Uh, and apparently, it's this big catastrophe. Everyone's screaming. Everybody's yelling. It's blood all over the floor. Oh, wow. Sorry. <laughs> it's, uh, it's blood all over the floor. Uh, I'm only 18. Don't trip. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> uh, we still got those sometimes. But it's, it's blood all over the floor. Uh, my mom's screaming. Everybody's freaking out. We go to the hospital. Uh, it turns out everything's okay, but if you ever wondered why I am the way I am today, that's, y'all have a reason now. Uh, 
mom, as for why I'm sharing this on Mother's Day, I have no idea. <laughs> but uh, I do want to let you know that over uh, since then, my mom has taken great care of me, and she's never dropped me. <laughs> Round of applause. Let's keep the street going. <laughs> um, if we can, uh, you can either turn in your Bibles or I have it on the screen. I have a clicker in my hand, and this is brand new to me, as I've never had a clicker in my hand, so this feels like an amazing position of power. Uh, y- y- yeah, anyways, uh, let me go backwards. I just needed to demonstrate. Um, but if you guys can, can you turn your Bible over to Isaiah chapter 49, or it's going to be on the screen, whatever you want. Um, but just to set up a little context on this passage, we're in chapter 49 of Isaiah. Um, the book of Isaiah talks a little bit about, it talks a lot actually about the servant of the Lord. And that servant is prophesied to, you know, to bring salvation into the entire world. We know this servant to be Jesus. Now, at this time, the, the, the Israelites, the people of Israel, the Jews, they're in exile. They've been, uh, they're in captivity, uh, by the Babylonians. And you can imagine that at this point, this is like, this is a huge crisis to those people because, you know, their entire identity had been formed off the fact that we're God's people. But now they're slaves. So it begs the question, like, are we still God's people? Does God still love us? Does God still care about us? Is God still there? Et cetera. So uh, the earlier portion of this chapter, um, it discusses how, how God, he's going he's gonna to bless Israel. Not only is he going to bring them out of slavery, bring them out of captivity, but through that servant who I'm talking about, who this is Jesus, that the entire world is going to be redeemed. The whole world is going to be saved. Uh, it's right there. Uh, verse 5, it says, It is too small a thing for you to be my servant, to restore the tribes of Jacob and bring back those of Israel I have kept. I will also make you a light for the Gentiles, that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. So, if you were to read verses 1 through t- 1 through 13. We don't have the time to do all that today. Uh, but if we were to do that, you'd see that God gives this amazing love poem to these people about how he's going to redeem them and how he's going to bring them out of, of exile or whatever. It's beautiful. It's poetic. It's, it's full of glory. It's full of triumph. Uh, we get a little glimpse of that in verse 13 here. It says, Shout for joy, you heavens. Rejoice, you earth. Burst into song, you mountains. For the Lord comforts his people and will have compassion on his afflicted ones. All right. We imagine God's telling you this. We expect this to be of great comfort to these people, right? Right. This is supposed to be comforting. Uh, but what makes this passage so interesting is the response of the people. Verse 14, it says, But Zion said, The Lord has forsaken me. The Lord has forgotten me. So despite this beautiful, glorious promise that God gives to these people, um, Israel, they still said, I don't feel loved. And there's all these promises of, you know, of love and victory in the future and blessing and triumph, but they're saying, I don't feel loved. So before we go and condemn these people for their response, because we're like, man, how could you be so ungrateful? God just wrote you this amazing thing, 13 verses of it too. And now you're over here being ungrateful. How could you do that? Before we go into that line of thinking, I want us to look a little bit deeper at this verse, because I think it illustrates a very... Um, a very common condition of our hearts. Uh, oh. uh, keep in mind, Israel, in verse 14, they don't respond to God saying, you're a liar. 
they don't respond to God by saying, I don't believe that you're going to do what you're going to do. I don't believe that you're going to fulfill the promise. That's not what they say. And I'm fully convinced that, in fact, they do believe that God is going to do whatever he says to, uh, that he's going to do. That, that, that one day they believe that God would do that. But for them, the promises of future blessing and future prosperity and future glory, it's not enough. They, they, they ask the question, what about now? And that's an extremely important question for us because we do the same thing. Uh, a lot of us, we believe that God has a plan for us down the line. But a lot of us don't really care what's going to happen down the line. What about now is the pressing question. So Israel is saying, God, look at us. We're, we're, we're supposed to be your chosen people, but look, we're slaves. How does that work? And then we say the same thing. We go, God, look at, uh, you're supposed to love us, but look at our lives. Our families are falling apart. This is happening. There's chaos in the world around me, etc., etc. How can you love me? No, you don't love me. You've forsaken me. You don't love me now. What about now? And we feel that whatever God is going to do down the line has no practical implications on us. Because right now, if we're going to be struggling right now, it doesn't matter. And, and that illustrates a very important point that we can be, our hearts can be in the presence of truth. And we can believe that truth and yet not let it affect the way we live at all. In other words, I might believe in the love of God. I believe that God's a loving God, but I see all the unanswered prayers in my life. I see all the shortcomings within me. I see all the failures in the world today. So therefore, God's love, it doesn't really matter to me. It doesn't transform anything. I don't care. And that's what they're saying here. And if we're to stop here, this would be pretty sad. It'd be pretty depressing. It'd be a really bad note to leave church on. But we're not. Because God does choose to respond. And his answer is amazing. Verse 15. God says, can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she's born? Can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she's born? I think it can be argued that the bond between a mother and her infant is probably the strongest human bond that exists. You know, there's, there's physical and emotional forces that, that lead the mom to, to, to tend for her baby. It's an unconditional type of love. As mothers, I mean, I wouldn't know, but I'm assuming, uh, as mothers, all you do is you give, 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 and there's no way that you can ever be paid back in full. It's, it's just not gonna happen. But right here, God's saying, I want us to compare that relationship to His love for us. Going forward, He says, though she may forget, Meaning, you guys, moms, love you so much. You're not perfect, though. Though she may forget, I will not forget you. And so God is saying, he's, God is saying that, you know, he takes the most, the deepest, most intimate form of human love, the most unconditional form of human love, and says, I love you deeper than that. Furthermore, his, his love is totally unconditional. All we do we don't give God anything. We take, 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 take. We're, we're selfish people for the most part. Agreed? We don't give God anything, but he still absolutely loves us. But the thing is, God isn't done here, all right? Because at the end of the day, this is still talk. God is still talking. And a lot of times, like I said earlier, talk isn't enough for us. We need a little more than that, all right? We ask the difficult question. We say, God, in the midst of our lives, how can you still love us? through all of that. And then God gives us this amazing, this beautiful, this, this, 
this awesome response saying, you know, I love you even deeper than a mom loves her baby. But at the end of the day, it's still talk. And for someone's love to really feel real, it has to be validated by action. We all know this, that, that at the end of the day, talk isn't enough. Talk is cheap. We hear that term all the time. Talk is cheap. Love is proved by action. They have to exhibit some type of action for that love to feel real to us. Or else, you know, words don't mean anything. Or else, who even cares what God has to say? And that's how the people of Israel are feeling at this time. I'm assuming that one of, like I said, I'm not a mom. I don't anticipate becoming one anytime soon. But I'm assuming that one of, uh, I'm assuming that one of the most difficult parts about being a mom is that, you know, you pour so much in to your child, but, but your sacrifices largely go unnoticed. For the most part, they're on, they're invisible. And then once the kid grows up a little bit, maybe five, six, seven, we end up saying, Stupid things like when we don't get what we want. Like, oh, you don't love me. You don't care about me. If you cared about me, you'd give me this. Mom, I hope I didn't say anything like that. Uh, but if I did, forgive me. And I'm sure to this, a mother's thing in her head, the response goes something like, yeah, but, 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 but you don't realize that the sacrifices that I've made for you are invisible to you. And the most crucial sacrifices that I've made, it's not the stuff that you're asking for right now. I've done a lot more than that. But don't you see we do the same thing to God? We, 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 we read the Bible and we see words, 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 words. And then we go to God and say, I don't care about the words. Why don't you answer my prayers now? Why don't you hear from me now? You've forsaken me now. You don't love me now. Who even cares? But in reality, we're, we're just as incapable of, of, of grasping God's love for us as like a fish is for water. But Because just like a fish with water, we've never lived apart from God's love. All we know is God's love. So when it comes down to it, sometimes we have a hard part identifying it. But just because we can't identify it doesn't mean it's not real. Just because we can't see it all the time doesn't mean it doesn't exist. It doesn't make God's love any less practical. It doesn't make it any less real. It doesn't mean it didn't happen. It doesn't make it any less life-changing. It doesn't make it any less transformative. But at this point, God says, you know, I'm going to go the extra mile. And, and, and he chooses to demonstrate his love for us, not only with talk, because he knows that talk is cheap. Because everybody lets down. There, no, a lot of people, their word doesn't mean a whole lot. So he chooses to demonstrate his love. And how does he do this? Verse 16, it says, See, I've engraved you on the palms of my hands. I've engraved you on the palms of my hands. And this Hebrew word for engrave here, it's nasty. It means to kind of, to carve with like uh, a hammer or a spike. And we get this terrible visual, like why? But as we alluded to earlier, at the cross, Jesus said, enough with talk. I know talk is cheap. I'm going to turn my words into the ultimate action so they have no reason to doubt my love for them. And then his palms were engraved with your name on it, so to speak. His body was carved up in the most vicious, cruel, gruesome way possible in this remarkable display of love. And this right here, this is the final argument. There's no response to this. Why? It's the final argument because it's not an argument. This is a deed. This is action. This is evidence. This is proof. This is sacrifice. This is love manifested in human action. At this point, we can't say you don't love us, God. It's a love so great that even on this Mother's Day, a day where we take a moment 
to, to recognize some of the most important and influential people in the entire world today, we're reminded of the fact that the, of the fact that a mother's love for her child is nothing but a mere glimpse into how God loves us, how God loves his children. And because of that, we no longer have to feel forsaken. We no longer have to have that reaction. We don't have to feel unloved anymore. We can instead be melted and transformed by the reality that God loves us. Not the, not the thought, not the, not the, uh, the abstract principle, but the reality that God loves us. He not only said it, he proved it. He went the extra mile and proved it once and for all. So let's pray. Father God, we come before you, God, uh, just in awe of that type of love. God, it's so easy in, in the midst of everything to say that you've abandoned us, so you've forsaken us, and to, to, to just not care about your words and your promises. But um, I pray that you help us see that, you know, the biggest sacrifice is something uh, that we lose sight of all the time. But God, just because sometimes we don't see it doesn't mean it didn't happen. It doesn't make it any less real, God. Thank you for your love. Thank you that you didn't stop um, at the words, God, that you validated your love through action. God, thank you for doing that. Thank you for the mothers in this room today. Thank you for the amazing love that they exhibit for everyone, uh, for their children especially, God. And uh, But I pray that we can remember that that uh, unconditional, relentless form of human love just pales into comparison to the way you love us, God. I love you. Amen. You've just listened to the West Side Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit thewestsidechurch.com or laicc.net.